Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! MVP time! Windy City Assassin does it again! Well, the home opener's in the books, and it was certainly a game. Bulls are now 1-2 and two to start the season after beating Miami in Game 1. And Zach Levine's back, but I've got some concerns, and CJ's going to keep you grounded as he usually does. <laughs> Welcome into Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside former Bulls bench mob member and Tennessee Vol CJ Watson. CJ, we're back for another episode, man. Second go-around. How we doing? Second go around, we're doing better than ever. It's a Monday, you know, feeling good, start of the week, you know. Let's, let's talk about the Bulls. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got plenty to talk about, too, because Bulls lost to Washington. They got Zach Levine back against Cleveland, and yeah, it didn't go great. We're going to dive into all of it <laughs> after I tell you about our great friends at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Don't forget, college basketball is coming around the corner as well. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. What are you waiting for? Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to get that 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, don't forget, we have an t- official t-shirt of this show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at the Believe Shop, shop.believe.com. They've got a lot of good stuff there. But the official shirt of this show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at the Believe Shop. So the Bulls are one and two. Last week on the show, we brought up the Miami win, which I was very surprised about. I didn't think they were going to beat Miami. Thought they had a shot to beat the Wizards, which I called a wild card team, and they proved that. That came down to the final seconds. I thought DeMar was going to hit that shot. And then the last two-minute report said he was foul, which made everybody <laughs> mad. Mm-hmm. And then that Cleveland game. I want to start with that Cavaliers game because the Cavs didn't have Darius Garland. <clears throat> Still, the Bulls allowed 70 points in the first half and route to a 128-96 to loss. It was the worst-case scenario in that home opener, and I don't think that's a stretch to say. DeMar got ejected for arguing with the refs, and I'm not saying the referees were great but that's not why you lose by 32 points. It's because of the officiating. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I expected more, especially because the Cavs didn't have their second best player, but Donovan Mitchell did Donovan Mitchell things. I talked about the perimeter defense last week, CJ, and I got to tell you, I saw some things I'm not happy with three games in. I mean, is this just three games in, second half of a back-to-back? Is that what that was, do you think? Or do you think they might have some bigger issues here? Uh, I believe you. Uh, like you said, the perimeter defense is a big issue. Um. With the first, you know, five to ten games of the season, you want to kind of see where your team is. And right now, the Bulls are not trending in the 
direction that everyone, you know, hoped for. Um, and I think the perimeter defense is a big, big, big concern, like you said. And uh, DeMar getting ejected, I don't know when he got ejected, but as a veteran player, you know, and the best player on the team uh, right now, um, you can't leave your team stranded like that. You got to, you know, either play through it and just just hope for the rest, you know, turn turn the tide and turn it around. But he can't get ejected like that. He has to be better than that. And I'm sure he knows that. And um, I think everyone has to be better. You know, I thought the game was, it wasn't going great to begin with. I mean, the fact they didn't score 100 points says enough, but it was toward the end of the game that DeMar got tossed. And I even said, okay, this is where the wheels have come off the bus. Right. And, you know, that perimeter defense, I said all offseason, they needed defense, they needed shooting. They got rim protection with Andre Drummond. Goran Dragic, I mean, he's a great veteran player. Don't get me wrong. I thought that was a good signing yeah. from a defensive standpoint. I mean, is he that much of an upgrade of what you have now? This is where we make the obligatory, oh, when Lonzo comes back, it'll be better. But we're looking in the present right now. We don't know when Lonzo's coming hmm. back in the right. present right now. They've got to shore some things up. And I know we're three games in. It was the second half of a back-to-back. You were coming from Washington, D.C., back to Chicago for the home opener. I understand that. But you still got to play defense, especially when the Cavs shoot the lights out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's one of the things uh, one of my coaches used to say, uh, Tom Thibodeau. He said defense travels, you know, whether you're at home, whether you're away. Uh, it's one thing you can count on is your defense. And the Bulls right now are not playing defense. And that's one thing you can always, like I said, count on day in and day in, day, day in and day night, day night <laughs> when your offense isn't clicking, that your defense can, you know, hold people down and kind of hold the fort down. And right now they're they're really struggling. Well, and that was one thing with Tibbs too, was defense. I mean, that's what yeah, he brought yeah. when they hired him. I remember when they hired defense, defense. And I mean, you know it was better than anybody. Yeah. You guys play defense. <laughs> oh, yeah, we play defense. And, and granted, we didn't have a lot of great defensive players. Like, I wasn't the best defensive player. I was good at passing lanes and getting steals. Kyle Korver obviously was didn't play any defense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's we had defensive players, Ronnie Brewer, Lou Alding. Uh, we had Joe Kim Noah, Omar Asik at the rim. Um, so we had everything to kind of, like, hide those guys who didn't play great defense. But uh, right now, um, they're not playing any at all. <laughs> Well, and that's like this team. You don't have like, I don't say great defensive players. I mean, Alex Caruso is a great defensive player. I mean, that's what yeah. he's known for. Iota Sumu is an up-and-coming defender. I think Patrick Williams is a really good defender, and we're going to get to him in a little bit too, I think. I've got a couple things I want to bring up about that Cleveland game. But they've got some guys, but they need other guys to step up and feed off that energy, especially Caruso brings. And yeah, you know, they've got the rim protection with Drummond, which he's not known as a shot blocker. He's blocking shots like crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's looking good early on. We know Vooch is a liability, but I mean, how how can they do that? Because you mentioned you guys didn't, you guys when you played didn't have quote unquote great defensive players, right? But you still played team defense. What do they have to do to start playing team defense? Um, like I said, I think it just starts with coaching, but also the players, um, especially right now in the beginning of the season, all these young players should be um, playing their hearts out, uh, leaving it all on the court so they can show the coach and the coaching staff, um, I'm dependable. You can depend on me when it comes. Uh, April or May, if you need me, you know what I'm saying? So these guys have to know that they're playing for their rotations later on in the season, not just right now. But hopefully they'll, they're they getting that message to them um, and uh, they're practicing that in practice and doing it daily in the games. You bring up the young guys. Dale and Terry didn't play in the Cavs game until late, and that was his season debut, three games in. Mm-hmm. But I heard about Dale and Terry, and now I didn't cover a lot of Arizona last year with college basketball. We did more USC, UCLA. But I watched a little Arizona. You know, Benedict Matherin was there, and he's proven to be a stud for the Pacers. Yeah. Dylan Terry kind of flew under the radar. He was still all defense in the Pac-12. We heard a lot about the energy he brings in games. We saw that in the preseason. I was hoping we get to see him in that Cavs game to kind of provide a spark, 
He can right. defend multiple positions. I don't have any idea why Billy Donovan waited until the end of the game to put him in at mop-up duty. Maybe he's just not ready yet. I don't know, but he's a guy I want to see step up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You definitely want to try and get those guys in there. Um, like I said, I'm, I've I've never been one to critique a coach because I know coaching is super hard. Um, I've never been a coach, but just been in the in the locker room and stuff like that. And I know their jobs are stressful. Um, everyone's critiquing them uh, about moves they make, moves they don't make. So um, I just leave it up to Billy Donovan. I know I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Um, but I hope Jalen Terry can get in there and hopefully, you know, like you said, provide a spark and see what he's got. Because I, I believe he can play defense. I believe he can use his athleticism and shut people down. And then also on the offensive end, be some kind of spark, get some offensive rebounds, maybe knock down some open threes, um, get to the basket, the rim, just provide a spark. And maybe that's something they need coming off the bench. If there's a coach that can figure it out, it's Billy Donovan. I mean, mm -hmm. we can go on and on the resume. I mean, there's a reason it's Billy Donovan court in right. Florida, in Gainesville, because he went right. back to back <laughs> national championships with our, with our guy, Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, yeah. And then in the NBA, he took, what was it? Five different Oklahoma city thunder teams to the playoffs, like five yeah. different rosters, five straight years <laughs> to the playoffs. He can do it. If there's anyone that's going to get the most out of this team, I believe it's Billy Donovan. And I remember when they hired him, I said, okay, give him a call. I don't yeah, think they're yeah. going to hire him. And then all of a sudden they announced it. I'm like, Holy cow, you got the best coach on the market. Right. I think he can turn this thing around pretty quickly. And I, when I say turn around, yeah, three games in, this is a, right. it's an overreaction. I, I know we're in football season, so it's overreaction Monday. We're recording this on Monday. <laughs> but they need to turn it around fast, I think. Because with the way the rest of the East is looking, you can't be falling into a hole. Yeah, yeah, you don't definitely not this early. You don't want to be like, you know, one in six and one in eight or whatever the case may be. You want to try to like get, like I said, have some kind of momentum going into these 10 games where you know where your team stands, where you know kind of your rotation and uh, kind of go from there. Granted, he doesn't have all his players back. Uh, I think once Alonzo gets back, we'll be able to critique him a little bit better and see how the team gels and what they have then. But for now, like I said, not not don't hit the panic button yet, Nick. We, we got to calm down a little bit, but we're, we're, we're getting close to hitting it. <laughs> I could tell we're in football season because I panic about the Bears every week and I'm starting to do right. it with the Bulls. I got to break this habit, CJ. Right, I've, yeah. I've got to break this. I'm a Notre Dame fan too. So right. I've got, I got Notre Dame and the Bears I overreact to out of habit. Now I'm doing it with the Bulls. So th right. this is why I'm glad we brought you aboard. You're going to keep me, you're going to keep me sane. You're going to keep me level headed. This is going to work out great. But there is one conversation I want to have about the rest of the East. This offseason, the Bulls' additions were Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, and Dalen Terry. Yeah. The Hawks went out and got DeJounte Murray. The Cavs went out and got Donovan Mitchell. The fact that the Cavs did this to the Bulls, 128 to 96, without Darius Garland, who I think, he, I don't want to get too graphic, he had a cut in his eye or something. It was some right. nasty injury. Yeah, they yeah. did it without Darius Garland. And this is something I heard, it was either on a post-game show or on the radio, one of the two. Are the Bulls falling behind in the East already? I know we're only a few games in, but I'm looking around at the Eastern Conference, and I, I mean, we don't know what Brooklyn's going to be this year. Right. Philadelphia is 0-3, which I didn't expect that. Right. Like I still think the Bulls are going to struggle with Philadelphia. Milwaukee is Milwaukee. I don't mm -hmm. know what's going to happen with Boston. They're playing really well, given everything that's going on with that team. Right. I mean, are we ready to say the Bulls are falling behind based on what we saw? Or do you think that could have been a one-off thing in the home opener? Uh, it could have been a one-off thing, like I said. Uh, it could have been a combination of a whole bunch of things. Travel, you know, um, um, losing in, in Washington, having uh, that kind of momentum, not carrying it over. Um, but like I said, it's going to be tough in the East. They can't fall down. They need, they need to win these next two or three games in a row, try to get some momentum. Um, but 
the East is going to be tough. Milwaukee, I have them as my best team right now in the East. Um, Brooklyn, like you said, is uh, is a toss up. Philly uh, might be one of the teams that's going to struggle the most, but they'll still be in the playoffs, I'm sure. Um, and you can go down the list: Miami, Toronto, uh, Orlando probably won't make the playoffs, but they're still going to be a competitive young team. They're it's not they're not going to be pushovers. So you got. I'm come, a big Paulo Banquero fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm big on him too. Um, you gotta, you gotta come to play every night, and if you don't, they're, you're gonna get exposed. So, hopefully, the Bulls will, you know, will get it together. Everyone come back healthy, and they'll start to pick it up. And this is something Stacy King says on the broadcast: there are no off days in the Eastern Conference this year. This There's is no off days really... in the NBA period. <laughs> exactly, but especially in the East this year. I mean, I feel like the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah. a few years ago we were talking about the East being. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. The Eastern Conference was a joke a few years ago. Right, yeah. It was under 500 making the playoffs. Now the East is loaded, and these next few games, home against Boston, home against Indiana, at San Antonio, home against Philadelphia, at Brooklyn versus Charlotte, at Boston, and then you got two games against Toronto before things maybe lighten up a little bit. Yeah. This is going to be tough. And they, I mean, I know we're going to see what they're made of here, absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely going to see what they're made of these next, you know, eight games. Like you said, no, no, that's a tough stretch right there. None of those teams are a cakewalk. You can obviously, you know, write down on the on the schedule a win. Um, so you got to go out there and play. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I'm seeing some troubling signs. Hopefully, it's just early season rust. But the big thing is Zach Levine is back. We got Zach yeah. Levine back against Cleveland. Twenty three points for the game high, nine of seventeen shooting, three rebounds, four assists. I like the way. He was playing the offense. It seemed like he was distributing the ball well. And we saw in the Wizards game especially, they mm-hmm. need him. I yeah. mean, he can't have DeMar out there dropping 35 a game. Yeah, yeah. You need his scoring. You need his uh, the attention that he gets from from the double teams and stuff like that. And just trying to give people open shots. And he, he, he can score. You know, he's also a playmaker. So they need that. And I know Billy Donovan's kind of taking it kind of touch and go with Zach with the knee because he, he said he played him too long in the first quarter. Yeah. after the game and you kind of saw that as the game went on like Zach wasn't in there for long stretches he's trying to you've got to take care of that knee and yeah. I know people on Twitter are saying oh you're paying him 215 million dollars <laughs> and you're taking care of his knee you talked about it last week I'd rather have him healthier at the end of the season when you need to make a run versus at the beginning of the season yeah for sure you want you want to keep him healthy you know want to give him those strides to get his rhythm here and there um He'll probably won't play back-to-backs, maybe, I'm sure, um, just to rest that knee. But like I said, you want him healthy at the end of the stretch. Um, maybe you might be, you know, one or two games out of the playoff hunt um, in April or, or March, and you need those two games, and you'd rather have a healthy Zach Levine than a banged-up one, then you really won't make it. So you really ruin your chances of getting to the playoffs. <laughs> and that's where having a guy like DeMar DeRozan comes in. Like, you have right. – I don't want to call DeMar DeRozan an insurance policy because that's not what yeah, he yeah. is. But for all intents and purposes – you have a guy who can step up. He's he's your, I think he's your number one guy when Zach's in there. If you're picking a guy, I think I, right. I told you last week, I don't think it's fair to do that. But I right. think if you're coming down to it, you can take DeMar as your veteran leader. Mm-hmm. When Zach's out there, DeMar is your unquestioned number one guy. I think that adds a layer of comfort and you can slide Caruso into the starting lineup. Yeah. I think they've got the pieces to make it work. And I, I get the look, oh, you're paying him $215 million and he's going to be in and out of the lineup, not playing back to backs. Well, guess what? The NBA is trying to take care of back-to-backs. That's right. a, that's a league-wide thing. That's not just the Bulls thing. That right. is a league-wide thing. Mm-hmm. But I think you just need to have Zach in there as much as you can without risking further injury to that knee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you said, um, having DeMar, uh, having three or four players who can score the ball and get 20 a game, you have Bucci, you have DeMar, you have Zach. Um, 
and you have you know a bench that's pretty solid and you're not going to get a ton of scoring but you have you get some spark and get some veteran leadership out there that's all you need really and that, that should keep you steady and keep at least keep you in games to win the games um and after that it's just really just making the right plays making the right reads and, and it comes down to making shots you mentioned Vooch and last week you brought out that you played with Vooch Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like Nikola Vucevic is hitting some big time shots. He kept yeah. him in the game there against Cleveland before Cleveland put their foot back on the gas and pulled away. Yeah. He's hitting some big threes through three games. Now that's this sample size and <laughs> this much of a season. I like what I'm seeing. I think he's starting to, <clears throat> excuse me. I think he's starting to put it all together here Yeah. as the season yeah. goes on and maybe shook off last year. Yeah, I think so. That's what, you know, that's what big time players do, um, especially a guy like Vooch. Um, I think he just needs to get comfortable, uh, maybe learn his learn his teammates some more another year, learning the coach another year, being a comfortable in the city of Chicago. Um, but uh, Vooch is a big time player. Uh, I think they need to play more through him, I think, uh, a little bit, and then just kind of uh, let the perimeter guys kind of work off him and then end up opening everything up for everyone else, really. You talk about playing through him and in your experience playing with him, what do you mean by that? Like, what does that do for the offense playing through Vucevic? Uh, just give him more touches. Uh, let him uh, post up one-on-one in the, in the post, uh, give him some pick and rolls where he can pick and pop or roll to the basket. Uh, Vooch is really good when he rolls to the basket and the help comes, he can find the guys in the corner or find the guys in the, in the wing. And like I said, just make the right read. Um, once you get him being comfortable and knowing that what, he, what he's going to get every night, he's going to be uh, more of an asset for you. Because we talk about his scoring and his rebounding all day. He's mm-hmm. a good passer. Yeah. He's a yeah. really good passer yeah, for a big that's guy. Why, that's why I say just use him, you know, like I said, in those pick and roll um, opportunities and make the, make the help come, make them make them double, and then let Vooch either make a play or make a pass to the weak side and hopefully guys will knock down the shot. Well, and the other guy that's going to be important in this is Io DeSumo. I mean, <clears> we talked about him again? a little bit. Io DeSumo. Ayo, okay. Well, I always said Ayo. I don't know why. So Ayo, <laughs> Ayo, or however you say your name. Yeah. If you ever see this, don't, 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 don't blame me. <laughs> I knew Illinois I'm, fans who yeah, didn't know I'm how bad. to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad with names, so just charge it to my mind, not my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew, I knew diehard Illinois Fighting Illini fans who yeah, used to yeah. call him Ayo. So right, yeah. don't don't worry about it. You're not alone in that. All right. But I, I I'm a big I'm a big fan. I have been a, a fan of his since he was at Illinois and I know he's Morgan Park's finest, but Io has been lights out this year. And I yeah. think he's going to emerge. I know he's taken over the starting point guard spot. I don't know if he's going to be like a go-to guy necessarily, quote unquote, go-to guy, right. but he's proving he can step up when needed. I just hope he hits some more open shots, but that's just second year in the league. Give him a little more, have some patience. Yeah, yeah, it's all just about progress and, and getting comfortable and uh, knowing his role. But I think he will be great, especially when Lonzo comes back, coming off the bench. Uh, you need a player like his caliber to come off the bench, bring the energy, and um, just be just be effective and be aggressive. And that's, that's what he brings. I think he'll be able to do that greatly. So the moral of the story here, we talked about <clears throat> like the how bad the home opener went, how mm-hmm. the defense needs to get better. They've got guys. The talent is here. Yeah. I think they've got a good group, and I know we will keep saying when Lonzo Ball comes back, this is going to be a different team because the numbers show they are a different team with right. Lonzo Ball. But for the time being, they don't have him. But I think it's all about just maximizing the potential of these other guys, do you think? Yeah, yeah for sure. you got to work to your strengths. Like Whatever their strengths are, we have to work to that. Billy Dominic has to do that. And uh, just, you know, try not to play to their weaknesses. Keep them, keep, it's, this is just kind of shovel or cover up the weaknesses for now and just, you know, play to their strengths. And that's where teams are, are good and bad teams are really good when you just cover, cover your weaknesses and play to your strengths. 
Now let's go around the association real quick, because I think we've, we hit on everything I want to hit on with the bulls. And I think that was a really good discussion, but I want to go around the association because you have some thoughts on the Lakers <laughs> that you want to get off your chest. And all yeah. I'm going to say is Russell Westbrook, and I'm going to let you have the floor. Well, yeah, you know, uh, my Lakers have been not, not my team, but you know, it's my, my, my region team or whatever, but the Lakers are very disappointing right now. Uh, oh, and three, I think, uh, I was joking on Twitter the other day. They're going to make LeBron retire after this year because they're so bad. <laughs> I saw uh, that. Like, <laughs> like everyone says, they have no shooting. Um, I feel bad for Polinka because he's the one that constructed this team. But as a as a former player and I see myself as a GM, I think they have to do a better job of constructing the team around your two star players, which are AD and, and LeBron. Uh, obviously, I don't really like the Patrick Beverly trade that much. Um, I think they should have kept Russell maybe another year to see how it works, but obviously it's not working that great. Uh, you need a different type of point guard in there who, one who doesn't, isn't ball hungry, I guess, and one who can shoot. Like Russell can't shoot to save his soul and um, it's bad. You know, it's, it's really bad. And I'm, I'm really feeling for him because the media is just killing him and I don't think he's a bad player. It's just not, this is not the type of team that he needs to play for right now. You know, you're right. Russell Westbrook is a former MVP for a reason. Like, yeah, I think yeah, the sure. talent level there, it's yeah. there. He's yeah, just yeah. not in a good situation. And the, the way I put it when I sent you the rundown, it ain't working. Like, yeah, yeah, the experiment working, has yeah. failed. Yeah, it has, to, it has to, something has to change now. <laughs> yeah, get, get him out of there. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah. I know the Patrick Beverly trade, we make the joke, so Pat Bev and Russ on the same team. Oh, right. I don't know if that's necessarily a joke because yeah, yeah. that – it didn't look great when they were on opposing yeah. teams. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I actually like the Lonnie Walker edition. Uh, I think he'd be very great. Uh, I like Troy Brown uh, Jr. He's from Vegas, so I have to root for him. Former Bull, um, Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I uh, always want to see him do well. Um, but like, like I said, they need they need more shooters around. Uh, and they're superstar players, and and also they play isolation basketball way too much for me. They're not moving at all. There's no movement to their offense. It's like just pick and roll, and then throw it to AD or throw it to Braun, and just everyone just stands there and watches them and they're coming double team or they come and load up. And it's just, it's just not good basketball to watch. And I know we don't want to hammer on Russ too much because I know he's former MVP, but why is Darvin Ham putting him in that game late and having him take those shots? <laughs> I mean, like you said, he's a former MVP. You got to play him. So, I mean, but um, I think Russ has to know uh, time and situation a little bit better. Um, obviously, LeBron and AD were still at half court when he was dribbling down the court, <laughs> which is not a good sign either. Either they're not in shape or something's not, uh, you know, something's not working. But I think he just has to know time and situation a little better and maybe get a better shot than that. And like I said, just for me, viewing the play from when he was shooting the ball, he was already backing up before he was even shooting. So obviously that tells you there that he didn't have confidence in himself to make the shot or um, – to make the right to make make the right play and i don't think his teammates did either and that's why they're all mad and kind of like you know seeing all the 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 shrugging of the shoulders and the hands and all the gestures when when he missed the shot <laughs> i know you told me not to panic about the bulls yet but is it time to panic about the lakers i've got him at defcon three. Oh yeah, yeah it's world war whatever you want to call it by now <laughs> <laughs> so you put him at defcon one is what I'm yeah <laughs> they gotta they got blow that they gotta blow the whole thing up right now like i said or lebron is retiring after this year maybe he might retire before also break <laughs> wow i didn't expect to be the level-headed one here i put him right. at defcon i put him at defcon three because i'm like okay three games in maybe they'll get it figured out and get rid of rust wow you're at defcon one already <laughs> yeah it's, it's looking bad for the lakers right now it's not looking good well, I feel like the expectations are different. Like, I don't want to say they're different. Yeah, yeah. I think they need to be the same. Like, for if, if you're the Bulls, your championship or bust. For the, Lakers, mm -hmm. for the Lakers, especially with all that history, yeah, I feel yeah. like when the Lakers are really, really good, it's good for the league. So I think the Lakers kind of have a little more amplified. And I know the Bulls had history with Michael. Obviously, yeah, yeah. 
look over my shoulder. I mean, that's right. all you need to see. Yeah, but yeah. with the with the Lakers, that's kind of like the franchise of the NBA. And I think yeah. that's why the expectations are that much higher. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you play in a big market like LA or Boston or Chicago, where these teams have won championships and they pride themselves and their fans pride themselves on winning championships. It's always going to be a lot more pressure, but right now the Lakers aren't even competitive and there's no, really no reason they should have lost that game last night. Yeah. And I'm going to be very curious to see where things go and what happens with Russ. I mean, that's going to be the biggest yeah. storyline for the Lakers is what happens with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But, I just hope he gets somewhere where he can play and, you know, just be Russ and be yourself and the Russ that we love to see. Um, but hopefully, Let Russ be Russ. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully he has to get his shooting better. Like he has to spend time in the gym. And I know he knows that, but, you know, obviously it's not showing. Well, let's look at the upcoming schedule again for the Bulls before we wrap up here, because I want to run through this again. This is a really tough stretch here versus Boston at home this Monday night. We're recording this Monday afternoon. So this this podcast will drop after the Celtics game. That's Monday night. And then home against Indiana on the road against San Antonio, back home against Philadelphia, second half of a back to back on national TV. What could possibly go wrong there? Hmm. at Brooklyn on national TV back home for a back-to-back again against Charlotte. It's going to be tough, man. This is not going to be an easy stretch. And no, no, I'm no. very curious to see how they come out of this. Yeah. It's going to be, like I said, it's going to, it's going to show like what kind of fight they really have. They're going to give up or they're just going to go out there and, you know, play hard. And if you, if you go out there and, and lose and you play hard, I, I'm fine with that. But if you go out there, go out there and just lay it down and, you know, there's the difference between, uh, leaving on the court and just, you know, just, just letting people just walk over you. Well, we're going to see. We'll be back here on Friday to recap this week's games and see how this first part of this stretch goes. It's a wrap for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. Don't forget, use that promo code BELIEVE. Get that 50% welcome bonus from our friends at BetOnline. Also, buy our shirt, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, shop.believe.com. A lot of good stuff there. CJ, this was fun. Gonna see you back here for another episode on Friday. Hopefully, I'm in a better mood. Yes, sir. You got to be. They're gonna win this week. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We'll see everybody on Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.